Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. It's great to be with you today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and I was so happy to see that Halloween was back this year. Fantastic <laughs> night at my house. Liz, how are you? Halloween, Halloween was totally back in my neighborhood, Leon. I live in Santa Monica. The main drag is called Montana Avenue. So I went and I sat out at a restaurant on Montana with a friend, and we watched all the kids and parents and costumes go by. My favorite? The family of hot dogs that went by on scooters. That was the best. That was the best. All of them were hot dogs. All of them were on scooters. Julie. Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister and I'm in Dallas, Texas. And there is just a special thrill about being able to give candy to a three or four year old <laughs> who is just the look in their eyes when strangers are giving them candy bars. They they're like this must be heaven. It's <laughs> and it's heaven for me. I love doing it. I love seeing the little ones all dressed up. It was a great night here in Dallas. Yeah, there was definitely a special joy. We our numbers were back up. We had about 150 kids and they were running down the street. I got kind of teary eyed right in the beginning. I was like, this is nice because last year it was completely canceled yeah, in yeah. California. So what a what a special night. I sp- shout out to the a trio of like 12 year old girls that dressed up as Jane Austen, Elizabeth Bennett, and Mr. Collins. I thought those were good outfits. Good. outfits. (laughs) All right. Today on the show, we have, we're covering a day. It's, it's like a hodgepodge, but a high level hodgepodge is what I would say. (laughs) Uh, We have a menu challenge and a cooking with Liz wrap up. We're going to talk about college admissions. You have to change your clocks. Don't forget. Julie has a whole list of other gadgets. Liz, you have a health checklist. How are you doing on some of those? Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. And suggested by a listener, Leon. So we're just going to, she put down the challenge. So we're just going to run through it for people. All right. And then we have a lot going on in entertaining sisters. So uh, so that's the show today. But um, first, you know, uh, Liz and Julie, I worked this weekend. I led my first humor writing workshop. Um, ah. I had mentioned this. on. I know. Yeah. I know. How was that? Leon you know as what? a teacher. OK. All right. Right. I, I know, Julie. It. People have said to me, you should teach, you should teach. I'm like, really? Have, have you seen me try to help my kids with their homework? I don't think I should teach. <laughs> just not that good. Maybe it's teach what you know. Maybe that's why humor writing is good for you. I have to say, Liz, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, it was an all day thing. Uh, I did it with my friend, Jill Daniel, who runs a, a great, um, you know, company called happy women dinners, where she's put together all these virtual events. And I'm going to put links to Jill's events and things like that in this week's pep talk. Uh, but, um, so she asked me to, to lead this writing workshop. It was hands-on. We were meeting in someone's backyard here in Los Angeles. She has a really great group of women, a great mailing list in Southern California that she's cultivated women that are interested in workshops and self-improvement. Some of them were writers already. Some of them were just dipping their toe into the, into writing and were particularly interested in humor. So I worked together like six hours worth of material. I mean, that's a lot. I don't know how teachers do it every day because I did it one day and I was like, I need to take six months off, but, um, it was really fun. I appreciated that it happened to be all women. Uh, that's not the rule, but it was about, uh, I think a dozen women signed up 10 came, um, they came ready to work and ready to really learn. And I had organized the day and we, I even, I thought of Sheila, I had a big flip chart. I bought a big flip chart because we were going to be outside so we could write things down. And 
we played mad libs and you know put substituting in funny words and we did workshopping and then they shared their work and i read it out loud and then we all commented and i gave them some thoughts and stuff but it was really fun fantastic i really really enjoyed it I'd like to thank everybody who came because they really made it fun i thought if people don't participate this is about 20 minutes worth of <laughs> yeah 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 okay that's but it sounds like you had an, a, a structure that inspired them to have fun and be fun. So that's good. That's a good start. I tried. You could always have like a backup movie, you know, like, <laughs> you know how teachers used to always have film strips, slideshows. <laughs> you always have that in your pocket just in case things go south. Okay. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Well, I think I will be doing another one of these in Northern California in the spring. So uh, if you're in Northern California, be on the lookout. We're going to, Jill and I are going to plan something in April. Uh, if my friend Louise is listening, yes, I will be staying in your guest room. So, uh, so, so be, be on the, be on the lookout for that, but it was really fun. And thanks to everybody who came. I really appreciated it. Good, good. Well, so, uh, Leon and Liz, I had kind of a big week because you know what I had to do this past week? I had to go to a f- 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 a formal event. Okay, <laughs> remember those? I remember don't those? remember those. Whoa, I have it. I mean, it seems like years. I mean, what a mountain to climb to uh, put together the shoes, the accessories, the spanks. You know, to get to get it all together. But it was kind of fun. It was it was interesting. It was the Texas Business person hall of fame. Now, as you know, Texas is a big state. We have a lot of big companies. We have big personalities. We have big entrepreneurs. So it's a really big deal here in Texas, this hall of fame. And one of the 2020 recipients who wasn't able to attend last year, but came back as the MC was Kendra Scott. Do you know, do you recognize that name? She is Well, Liz, you should, because she owns the jewelry company, Kendra Scott, okay? And uh, cooking with Liz watchers will notice that Liz was wearing a pair of earrings in the last episode, and those were Kendra Scott earrings, because I gave those to you, Liz. Do you remember that? That's right. My birthday earrings, you explained to me who Kendra Scott was. Right. Yes. Oh, no, I love those earrings. Thank you. (laughs) What a personal story. I mean, she was actually home on leave from work from her uh, from one company because she was pregnant and the doctor said she needed to be on bed rest. So she had $500 and she started working on jewelry in her spare bedroom. So that does, that seems like that's pretty hard to turn that into what is now a billion dollar business. The Kendra. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, because she had, she has boutiques. She sells them, she sells it through Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus and various other stores. And what she really aims at is sort of attainable jewelry. She wants to create a jewelry store where it's friendly. It's not fussy. You don't have to be afraid to go in there. They have all kinds of jewelry at all kinds of different um, price points. But her personal story about just risking everything she had and she had already had two business other businesses that hadn't really taken off so this was her third attempt at a business and you know she has become this you know giant business um she has a big part of her business where she gives back to the community and that you know she has a big philanthropic aspect to everything that she does Um, About 98% of the people that work on her team are women that she has employed uh, for this. And it's just, you know, it was so impressive to see and, you know, really understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur, you know, the personal risk that they, you know, they they get involved in and, you know, just trying to really make it happen. She was in her, in some of her comments, she did thank her bank because she said, the last couple of years during the pandemic has been very hard, understandably, but um, she's back in business and very, very inspiring. So, Liz, you can wear those Kendra Scott earrings with uh, some additional uh, pride. That's what I Yeah, think. yeah. Wow, yeah. she's got, I'm just looking at a story about her in Forbes. She's got 106 stores and wow, that is quite an empire. Okay, that must have been really interesting. So, how, oh. but how did you feel being in formal wear? That's well, I was... <laughs> I made it happen, sisters. I made it happen. It was a lot of effort all the way around. But once 
once we got all the gear on, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty fun. You know, it's such a, you know, it's such an experience that none of us have had recently. So right. um, that was nice. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, I had a big week last week. It was the final episode um, in my Tucci Tober series on cooking with Liz, you know, listeners will know that, you know, I started this pandemic cooking project very early in the unpleasantness thinking like, okay, I'm home alone all day, every day, all night, every night, I better learn to whip up a few things. So it's, I feel like I've come a long way. Well, in a long time, I was going to say a long way in a short time, but no, it's been a super long time. Anyway. So my theme for October was all things Stanley Tucci. And so last week as the finale, I made the Pasta con zucchini alla Narano, which is basically the fried zucchini he did in his TV show that people went crazy over. You mm-hmm. guys saw that, right? Everybody wanted to like get to the secret of the fried zucchini. So I did that. I would feel like I did an okay job with that dish, though my neighbor Deborah came to the tasting window. She raved about it, of course, because that's her job is to rave about it. But <laughs> You know, it was a little bit discombobulated in uh, in the kitchen uh, last Thursday night. And at the last minute, I could not find my pepper. And I think it might have been I think it might have made a major difference. Um, It would have elevated that dish just a little bit, but it was pretty good. Anyway, so I've wrapped up Tucci Tober. Uh, we're going to have an announcement to make about where Cooking with Liz is going next, what my goal is. Um, but first, for you two, I have a menu challenge for this weekend. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. If you watch Cooking with Liz, you will, you will notice that I often credit Satellite Sisters accountant and procurement director, Diane Gray. And she became our procurement director early on in Cooking with Liz because occasionally like spring of 2020 when like, who's got, I don't have a frittata pan, trying to make a frittata with no frittata pan. I'd get the text from Deborah saying, I will leave, um, from Diane, sorry. I will leave my frittata pan out of my front porch. You can just come pick it up. No contact pickup. So she has been very supportive of cooking with Liz. Anyway, it's her birthday this weekend. So I decided to make Diane a birthday dinner, which makes her like my first official guest that I will be entertaining in my home and cooking for since, well, since the beginning of cooking with Liz. So I feel like I got to, I got up my game. Well, I'm um, really glad that you're not going to make Diane stand at the tasting window <laughs> for her birthday for her birthday. Glad you've invited her yeah. in. That's yes. Good. But I also know that Diane is a self-confessed picky eater. So I thought, okay, well, I'm basically cooking for Diane. So I should get some more details on what she means when she says picky eater. So I sent her an email the other day that just said in the subject line, what don't, what don't you eat? So now I'm going to tell you guys what Diane doesn't eat. And you're going to have the challenge is to help me figure out what should I make Diane for dinner on Saturday night? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so here's how, and again, Diane did not volunteer this. I asked her to tell me what she doesn't eat. So she said, I don't like cream-based dishes, easy on the cheese and butter. I do use butter in cooking, but never ate it as a child for some reason. Don't drink milk either. Who knows why? However, I've never passed up whipped cream or ice cream in my life. So, okay. So there's that. By the way, she's from Iowa. She's from Iowa. So who, well, that's who good. I think those are, those are key, key um, uh, hints for the dessert, the ice cream, whipped cream. Okay. Okay. <laughs> People Mm -hmm. in Iowa not drinking milk. I just, it's hard to imagine. Then she goes on though, with some positive reinforcement. I do like tomato based. Mm -hmm. I do eat meat and fish and chicken and bacon. Farmer's daughter. We had our own. I guess she means they had their own pigs. I do love meatloaf and haven't had any in a long time. It was my go-to dinner at the Daily Grill on Colorado Avenue, now closed. Meatballs, a good option. What does Stanley say on that? So there's the brief. Julian yeah. Leon. Yeah. That's that's the Diane Gray birthday dinner challenge. So what should I make? I mean, she's uh, crying out for meatloaf, Liz. It's right there in yeah. the oh. 
Right. Meatloaf. Isn't that one of the first things you made? Was the bear, was Julie suggested the barefoot contested turkey meatloaf? I have made that. Tomato, it's tomato based. There's tomato in it, Liz. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, in her note, she says she hasn't had any meatloaf. <laughs> so I don't really need to read between the lines. No. I should just read the line. I do love meatloaf and haven't had any in a long time. What does that say to you, Liz? <laughs> Well, I was I was just afraid that that was not elevated enough. But you're right. It's all about just delicious fundamentals. Yeah. I would also say there is an opening for Mama Capra's marinara sauce and meatballs. Yes. Have you oh, made meatballs? Okay. Did you have you made meatballs with Cookie with Liz? I did make meatballs. Yes, I think I feel like I, who knows? It's been I can't so long. remember anymore. Yeah, I made I meatballs, know. but everybody loves the marinara sauce. Yes. Right. So, so okay. So I think you could also do like spaghetti and meatballs or pasta and meatballs. Okay. All right. I feel like you could also do that. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Got a few days to decide. I think those are solid. Meatloaf, solid. Meatballs, solid. And the marinara sauce, I really do enjoy making. Anyway, I will, I will post in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group what I decide to make. There will be no video of this dinner. Diane, I just wanted to reassure you. You, <laughs> okay. will not be on, you will not be on camera, though I might need to take a picture of you at the tasting window when you arrive. But that's it. So it's just a it's just a headshot. So there is going to be some promotion, but it's going to be contained. Okay, Liz, once the marketer, always the marketer. Okay. Anyway, so okay. So thank you, Diane, for the direction. And thank you, sisters, for helping me narrow it down. You're right. It says it right here in black and white what she wants. Why? Right. Yes. Right. I asked and she told me. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yes. All right. Uh, you know, I just want to remind people about our weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. There's a lot of good material in there. We have some special events coming up over the next couple of weeks. It is the holidays. We're going to be including a lot of recipes and links to interesting things. So if you want to become a Pep Talk subscriber, please do head on over to SatelliteSisters.com. When you go to our website, a window will pop up. You can put in your email address and uh, you know, oh, most Fridays, there'll be a, a, a pep talk in your inbox. So I want to encourage you to do that um, because we have a lot coming up, including a big holiday party. Liz, you're making the final plans for that. We're going to yes. announce a date. Next, next week, week we're week. announcing it on next week's show. Okay. We'll have all the details of the, the Satellite Sisters holiday wrap party. Okay. <laughs> okay. Woo. <laughs> will, will there be meatballs? Stay tuned. Stay tuned, people. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. 
Okay, we're moving on here at Satellite Sisters. We have some new stories we want to cover. Um, okay, college admissions. I want to talk about college admissions because I saw this article and it really struck me. Um, I think because I had two boys that applied to college and I blocked out the memory because it was so stressful. Is that normal, Julie? You just you were in college yes, admissions yes, for a long time. Yes, I, I was. To- <laughs> yes. It's very stressful for everybody involved, for the students, for the parents, the, the schools, the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. It's Yeah. So this one caught my eye because it's about boys and it's about the number of boys who are actually applying to college and the number of boys who are actually going to college. Mm -hmm. And those numbers are really dropping at a precipitous rate, especially for boys of color. So this was a piece from Yahoo and the headline was education researchers reveal by why far more girls apply to college than boys because schools prioritize organization and rule following. Um, Julie, you probably know these statistics, but U.S. colleges are um, now now only 40 percent of colleges are college students are men. So men are 40 percent of college students. Women are 60 men also accounted for more than 70 percent of the decline in students at U.S. colleges and university over the last five years. And on average, boys have a tendency to have lower GPAs. So what's happening is that private colleges in particular are looking, they're giving boys a little extra help in the admissions process because their numbers are getting so out of whack, right? So all of a sudden you're at student, you're at colleges and the student body is 75% women, 25% men. So they're saying they're now accepting a higher portion of male applicants just because they want to get those numbers Mm -hmm. right. It seemed counterintuitive because, you know, for so many years we worked to increase the number of women, um, particularly women of color getting into uh, colleges and, you know, a big, you know, and that we had traditionally all male colleges, you know, so, so this is, this is a real change. Well, you know, it's true, right? For the last 20 years, right? The focus has been getting more women in, you know, mm-hmm. you were sort of on the, some of our sisters-in-law were on the front line of first women accepted to all male schools in the early seventies. And now 50 years, it seems a bit hard, but 50 years later, here we are where boys are actually needing a little extra help to get into schools. But according to experts, the discrepancies uh, are too, it me, The reason for these discrepancies are two factors in particular. First, the U.S. education system prioritizes rule following and organization over active learning. Okay, so if you've ever, you know, shepherded a boy through K through 12, you'll know that some years they just don't want to sit in their seat. Some, I mean, I remember very distinctly my son's third grade teacher saying he just stares out the window all day because he just wants to be out at recess. (laughs) So, I mean, I laugh about that now, but not a lot of absorption of learning was happening in the third grade if he was just staring out of the window. And the second thing they cite, experts say there's a shortage of male teachers and college counselors, particularly Uh men of color. So you take an education system where they're sort of stacked against boys doing well. And then you say we have no role models, very few college counselors in general at, at some of these public high schools and no male college counselors. And boys just seem to get lost in the sauce. Right, mm. right. That's uh, that's so unfortunate. And and it, and it seems like the gap is getting wider, Leon, from the statistics you just quoted. You know, that's that's a big, um, big difference between, you know, only 40% men, 60% women. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, I remember when when you want balance in the classes, you know, classes between men and women in college, certainly. Yes. Well, it's sort of, you know, having that, not enough, having no balance also begets no balance because once the schools start to slip, all of a sudden boys are like, there are no boys that go to school here. You know, it's a, it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. I remember when my boys were applying to college, when we went to like college night and they happened to go to an all boys high school. So they were on the opposite end of this. They had lots of male teachers, they had a male college counselor, you know, they were on sort of in perfectly poised, you know, to make the next step as were their classmates. Um, But I remember the college counselor saying distinctly, this was just starting to happen, these big differences in percentages of males to female campuses. And the college counselor said, if you want them to go to a liberal arts school, look at small liberal arts schools in Ohio, because 
kids, I mean, I mean, for all of us, not so great at math and science. And so, but I was like, but you know, strong in English history. I tried for like 18 months to talk and <laughs> Colin into like a small liberal arts school in Ohio. He ended up going to a small liberal arts school in Olympia, Washington, but that was true of his school that it was only about 25% male. So oh, really, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it's, it's something to be on the lookout and I just, we got to get these boys, we got to get these boys up and out if that's what they want to do. And right. since it starts as early as like pre-K in terms of boys to be successful in American classrooms, again, because of this focus on testing and sitting and behavior and quiet activity. Mm-hmm. And that is not a specialty of a lot of boys. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned it. It's, you know, it's, it's going to continue to be a big issue and hopefully we can make those kind of adjustments uh, so that we don't lose boys, you know, and that, or if boys choose not to go to college, that they're in getting involved in trade schools or other, other avenues to successful adult uh, careers. So um, that's important. Well, the experts did cite that in the article, Julie, that one of the reasons they've seen in the last couple of years that boys are dropping out is because they have to go provide for um, their families at large, you know, that the pandemic has made things such that they have to work instead of go to college. So whether even if they wanted to go to college and were set up to go to college, they can't afford to go to college and they need to in fact get into the, into the workforce. So I'd be curious, you know, always go over to Satellite Sisters Facebook group and let us know what's happening. I know this is the college admission season for parents and you're trying to grind it out and get, keep them focused through Thanksgiving, but curious, uh, you know, what your sons are up to. And if you've seen that discrepancy, also what your daughters say about the discrepancy on college campuses in terms of the numbers because that does affect a social life mm-hmm. that does affect a campus mm-hmm. when it's like that okay also we had a question on the facebook group um julie you were in college admissions uh-huh. so 100 gets- years ago so i have some really <laughs> old advice and information but yes go ahead okay Let's so i'm gonna so remain anonymous but one of our listeners wanted to know if it was okay for her daughter to wear jeans and sneakers to her college admissions interview I say yes. I say yeah. I mean, look at the dress. Look at the dress code in in America right now, right? <laughs> I mean, she's not right. going in her bathrobe or slippers, so I think that's fine, no, right? I'd stay away from a onesie or something, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I, think I think you want. I is, think you want to look like a college student, right? Jeans so and sneakers. What do, and what do you think the admissions office is wearing? Maybe <laughs> some of them are dressed up, but many many are not. Okay, it's. Uh, I think gee, if that's if that's the most comfortable style for um, for the applicant, I'm I'm all for that. I think I think college admission interviewers are really interested in getting beyond some of the superficial stuff. They are not, you know, they are not it. They're not making judgments about what you're wearing. Okay. Other you than think, you, if you were wearing the onesie, that that's <laughs> should rethink that. You know, I'd like to just say that I did wear a jumpsuit to one of my college interviews. Mm-hmm. So and how I know did that was, go. How did it go? Liam? I did not get into that college, <laughs> but I don't so, think it was my, I thought I looked great. Uh, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> I mean, you're saying onesie, like it's a bad thing, but oh, very no, I was thinking of pajama onesies. <laughs> yes. I wasn't. I saw a lot of onesie costumes for Halloween, which are adorable as Halloween costumes, but yeah, it's the droopy onesie, Leon. Oh, you looked fabulous in, you know, in a one piece okay. jumpsuit. Yeah, okay, no fine. doubt. Yeah, I think you should wear, I think you should wear what, who, what expresses you the best. I don't think yeah. it needs to be business casual anymore. I know there are probably websites that recommend that, but I, I'm with Julie. I think they're trying to get to the heart of these students in a way that they haven't gotten to in the past. So right. yeah, I, let's I, hope I so. Agree. Yeah, no, I don't. And but well, I also just defer to Julie on this. If she says jeans and sneakers, go I, for it. I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Well, you know, Liz and Leanne, I think it's this week. I'm not 100% positive, but I think this is the week we change our clocks back, right? Yes. Yep. I, is this also, do you have routines going on in your house where you replace your smoke detector batteries at this same time? You know how they always tell you? I to do. do. 
Mm-hmm. You do. Okay. Uh, Leanne? I do do that. Yep. Yeah, I do that. Yep. Okay. Well, guess what? Well, the New York times um, came out with an article about other household essentials that you also need to be replaced. And now, but as we go through this, and I have some for, for each of you, I have one, some ground rules. Now, the reason why we are replacing most of these household essential essentials is bacteria, bacteria, bacteria. Okay. That is going to be the answer to why (laughs) replace an item. So you don't ask the follow-up question because the answer is going to be in most cases, bacteria. Bacteria. Okay. Bacteria. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's start with you, Leanne, a couple of weeks ago, you declared that your makeup was dead, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing, your mascara, guess how frequently you should be throwing away your mascara. I think it's every six months. No, no. Two to four months, Leanne. Okay. Oh my gosh. And, and the reason why is okay. <laughs> bacteria. bacteria. But I, but Julie, what if you, I only wear mascara every two to four months, you know? So I know Liz. still true. Okay. Okay. Again, cause I didn't want this, uh, this segment to go into grossness. It's <laughs> happening in the tube, Liz. Okay. okay. All right. Bacteria. All right. Bacteria. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Leanne, I know you've got bottles of sunscreen at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they older than 2020? Probably you, some are. Probably okay. Some. You have to throw those away because they are no longer effective. Okay. Okay. Really? That's important. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's important. Okay. Now let's turn to Liz. Okay. Liz, um, just give us an estimate of the number of surge protectors you have. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. If if it's more than a dozen, is that too many? Okay. In a bin, in bins and around. Okay. Yeah. You Uh have surge protectors. Well, Liz, if these surge protectors lacked an auto shut off feature, they are only good for three to five years, okay? They are essentially useless after that three to five year mark, okay? Really? Yes, okay, they are not impacted by bacteria. This is one category <laughs> that's not. But you've got a lot of surge protectors and they're only good for three to five years, okay? So you, you know need- how I love anything that I'd like a power in the power cord category? Yes. Wow. Yeah, okay. so, so effectively useless, so- you have them all. They are not helping you. So I think everyone should give Liz some surge protectors for Christmas. Okay. Liz, second item, um, because I saw it on co- uh, Cooking with Liz. I've seen it a couple of times. That plastic cutting board you have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> How old is that? that okay. Well, that I bought at the beginning of Cooking with Liz. So that's only a year and a half old. Okay. Well, the two-year mark is when you should be uh, uh, getting rid of those because of the deep grooves, the snacks, scratches, the deep cuts. Oh, come on. Really? Liz, bacteria, bacteria, bacteria. Isn't that what a dishwasher is for though? Like hot water in the dishwasher? Okay. That's that's an expensive habit throwing okay. away yeah okay. okay all right so this is a good list it's at um it's at the new york times so you know if you want to know how frequently you should get new pillows or how about those foam rollers are you each using foam foam ro- rollers in your house to yeah. Stretch out? yeah 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 that's another one you should, you should look at really but, yes because you get you get bacteria bacteria <laughs> bacteria all over the foam i'm not naked when i'm using the foam rollers i'm not Okay. Again, I don't want to have to like detail the grossness of this. Okay. Okay. We'll put a link to the list in the show notes. If you just want to verify what Julie is saying, this seems radical, but it seems like we're throwing away everything in our lives every couple of years. That's But, but I think it's important. I mean, you know, whether it's infant car seats or how about those soda stream bottles, you got to get rid of those. Those are going out. Oh uh, certainly, air purifier uh, filters. You got to check that. Foam rollers. Yep, they're there. It's just they don't even know how long, but it's that. It's the material. Yeah. So okay. All right. Okay. There you go. Okay. Julie. Well, as long as long as we're doing checklists, you know, I was inspired by Rebecca in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Um, she's trying to take care of her health, so you know, we're we're for that, Rebecca. So. Um, so here's what she wrote. She wrote, uh, okay, how are we doing? Health commitment. All right, smisters. I'm nearly 50. So I got to say, 
I love the term smisters. Can we, instead of saying sisters and misters, can we go with smisters? Can yes, we agree we're going to start saying that? that? Okay. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. We're stealing that permanently. All right, smisters, I'm nearly 50 and committing to make all avoided health appointments before the end of the calendar year. What should be on my to-do list? Who else is ready to commit with me? All phone calls and appointments need to be made by the end of the calendar year, even knowing some of the appointments will be in 2022. So on her list was regular general practitioner, dentist, eye doctor, shingles vaccine, flu vaccine, COVID third dose, colonoscopy, mammogram, dermatologist, gynecologist, specialist as needed. And then the last one, she just put question mark. Like what else? And she did notice, P.S., I'm not negligent on these, I promise. So she just wanted to get like a mass movement going, like get in there and take care of ourselves. So um, I would say looking at this list, Rebecca, I am doing surprisingly well. I even had my first shingles dose of the vaccine last month. So I'll get my second one this month. But here's my dermatology story. You know how we don't go anywhere anymore? Um, (laughs) And, <laughs> and so as a result of not going anywhere anymore and having all of my, you know, makeup be old, I realized because I'm not putting on makeup in the morning anymore, I used to put on just foundation with SPF in it. I'm not looking at my face anymore. I'm just not looking at myself anymore because I'm not doing anything to my face, you know? So, I mean, obviously I wash my face, but I'm not really looking at my face as I wash it. So for several weeks running, I noticed there was a little dot on my nose and I thought it was a um, smoothie stain. <laughs> Very common in California, I understand. Because <laughs> I, you know, I'm living the smoothie lifestyle. <laughs> I've talked about that. So every morning I make myself a blueberry smoothie. So when I would occasionally see my face in the mirror and I saw this dark dot, like in the middle of the bridge of my nose, I was like, well, that must be from the top of the smoothie glass. And I was just writing it off as a smoothie stain. (laughs) And then one day I must've been putting on makeup or something because then I'm actually looking at my face. I'm like, my God, obviously that's not a smoothie stain. It's been there for weeks. (laughs) And I do wash my face multiple times a day. So that's when I realized it was a a new dark spot on my face. So Rebecca, thank you for the inspiration. I was like, you know, I should probably not write this off as a um, as a blueberry related uh, thing on my face. So I so I made an appointment to go into the dermatologist for the full on skin cancer check. I used to be pretty good about doing that every year, but I hadn't been in last year or this year. So I went in. I got everything checked out. A lot of people in Rebecca's post noted that, you know, your skin cancer check is one of the more personal checks, right? Because they're really going over your body in great detail. So um, the the good news is it was not a smoothie stain, but it was also not anything serious. It was just, you know, but my, but the dermatologist did, you know, they just freeze it off. Right. And it's gone. She said, she said, I don't think this is anything you, you should have worried about, but I'm glad you came in. And so it's uh, the smoothie stain slash new giant freckle is, uh, is now gone. So I wanted to report back on that and, uh, and challenge everyone to think about this whole list and what's on your list. Now, Barbara was looking at the list and she said, looks like you're covered. I follow up all the big ones with a young, yummy breakfast and mimosa. So (laughs) so, that's good for Barbara. Good, good for Barbara. She has a reward system built in. And then Rebecca responded by saying, always after the, what she calls the scoot down appointment and the dermatologist skin check. So if you need to reward yourself with the mimosa after you see your, your gynecologist or your dermatologist, we say go for it. Anyway, thank you, Rebecca, for the inspiration. I'm working down the checklist. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life. 
aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, and we are back. So I just want to take a moment to remind everyone two things we have going on at Satellite Sisters related to, you know, your holiday needs. Number one is the Satellite Sister shop. Remember, we have one. We have all kinds of T-shirts and glassware and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff that you can buy for anyone in your family. We've got Satellite Sisters logos. We've got we've got aprons, cooking with Liz aprons that say no eyeballing. We've got we've got a lot of stuff there. We've got like every tagline we ever had. You can probably get it on a T-shirt if you want. So we, I am going to put the link to the Satellite Sister shop uh, in the show notes. We'll also scatter it around in all of our social media. And now is a good time to order everything because, you know, we are not in control of the supply chain. Uh, but if you get ahead of it, do some shopping now at the Satellite Sister shop, for, especially for the friends you know that are like super fans. It's really a great gift. Then the I'm thinking we do an advanced photo spread and pep talk this week for the items in the shop, don't you think? Yes. Okay. Putting it on the list. Okay. That's marketing. That's marketing. Editorial direction. I like it. I like it. So we'll do that. But then the other thing you can do that is 100% for free, always a great gift to send your satellite sister is just forward them an episode of the show. You know, that's a great gift to us because we love to have more listeners and the best way to get more listeners is for them to listen. So I know sometimes people, you nominate people to be in the Facebook group. That's okay. But really we need people to like try out the show, then they can join the Facebook group. So the best way to do that, no matter what app you listen to, there is a share function. Uh, Let me start that again. No matter what app you listen on, whether it's, you know, Spotify or, you know, Apple podcasts or whatever, there's always a share function. So just try sharing the show with your friends. You can also do that at SatelliteSisters.com slash podcast on our podcast page. You can forward any of our shows to any of your smisters. <laughs> okay, there you go. Use the word made me laugh. Anyway, so Satellite Sisters shop and share. All right. Great work, Liz. Okay. Entertaining sisters. Liz, you have a couple of music suggestions, huh? Yes. I was just inspired by music this weekly. And the first is, you know, um, the third season of Succession has started again. Uh, I know you guys are both into that. So it was uh, season three, episode three this weekend. And I was just thinking about how great that music is for that show. You know, it has this like, it's this very weird sort of piano opening. So a little investigation led me to a fascinating video on YouTube uh, where Nicholas Brittell, who is the composer and the pianist who created that music, explains what he was thinking about in the music, why it sounds the way it does. 
you might you might notice as you listen to it that he said it's the duality of absurdity and gravitas, right? Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Isn't that what you were thinking? Oh, Julie, yeah. Julie, Pop don't right some my head. Yes. Don't some of the chords just tell you that something is off with this family? I think so. Yes. <laughs> So I'm going to put the YouTube link in the show notes and you can just Google succession music and, and you'll probably find it. This was on uh, posted by vanity fair. Anyway, really interesting. I think it's always interesting to hear a composer talk about what was going on in their head when they invented the music. So that's number one succession theme music. Number two is I have recommended Conan O'Brien's podcast before, you know, he's just, charming and silly and funny. But the newest episode is particularly interesting because he interviews Elvis Costello. Like, okay, come on, Elvis Mm -hmm. Costello. But what makes it fascinating is that Elvis has now issued an audible podcast on how to learn to play the guitar. It's called How to Play the Guitar and Why. And it's part of Audible's new words and music series. And what, so, so I listened to him talk to Conan about it. And then I, uh, then I played it. And it's not at all what you expect. It is not a lesson. It's sort of, you know, it's sort of a musical illustration, a recitation. It's storytelling. It is, you know, he talks about how to turn a three chord trick into a four chord caper whatever, you know, Um, (laughs) anyway, he describes it as this strictly speaking, isn't an instructional manual, but a work of comedic philosophy. So, Oh, there you go. See deep. That's very deep. It's Elvis Costello being deep about music. So I'll put the, I'll put the link to that. You can listen to the Conan episode or you can go straight. You know, I'm a longtime audible subscriber. So I went straight to the audible course and started to listen, uh, how to play the guitar and why from Elvis Costello. Ooh, Liz, my head's exploding. I really thought you were going to take up the guitar. I thought that would be a for you. Okay. All right. All right. Well, sisters, I have a book to recommend. This is Amor Amor Toll's new book, The Lincoln Highway. Of course, we loved A Gentleman in Moscow and Rules of Civility. This is his new sort of epic book. I've started it. It's 600 pages. So that's my review. It's a big, fat book, which is perfect, I think, for this time of year. You know, maybe we're going to be inside a little more, more time for reading, more time to read over the holidays. This is just engaging and just beautifully written. And I'm recommending it to all. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, good. Big, fat yes, book. Julie. That's, yes. <laughs> Okay, go for it. I know it's like a number one New York Times bestseller. There's a lot of big, a lot of fans of his. So good for him. That's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved his, I loved his other two books. So of course I'm going to read this and I want to recommend it to the uh, others. All right, fantastic. Next week on the show, we're talking to author Jenna Blum. She has the beautiful new memoir about her old black lab Woodrow. It's called Woodrow on the Bench. And if you're a dog lover, if you're just dog curious, I mean, this is just a fantastic, wonderful heartfelt memoir. Uh, Jenna is the author of The Lost Family. She came on Satellite Sisters to talk about that beautiful book. She's just a wonderful writer, so she can really put into words a lot of things you're thinking about your own dog, because it is Pet Appreciation Week next week on Satellite Sisters. How have we never done like an all animal, all pet show i can't so believe excited that. i'm really i can't believe it i'm so looking forward to it all animals all the time next week Ooh, theme shows let us know if you enjoy the theme shows and if you can think of any themes we're open for ideas um uh but next week we'll be talking to jenna drew on the bench is the name of the book um, all right, sisters, that's it. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for making us sound great. Uh, a lot going on in this week's show. Thank you, Sergio, for all the extra work. Also, Emily Loudermilk does our graphic design. You can see Emily's fun designs on our Instagram feed, and that's at Sat Sisters, also in our newsletter. We always like to thank our sponsors at Satellite Sisters because that is what makes the world go round here. And thanks to all of you who support these sponsors, especially during the holidays this year. Fantastic. We appreciate it. If you need the links, show notes, okay? Mm-hmm. Or pep talk, right? Or Oh, Twitter. yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we spread it all around. But uh, if, you need, if you need the, uh, if the links, that's the way to do it. Um, 
Okay, on our to-do list today, I am going right after the show to get my booster shot. So, oh, good. Oh, good. Great. Right. Yeah, you know, I was one of that very slim group of people that got the J&J vaccine uh-huh. because uh, I was waiting for any vaccine to be available. And when they opened it up to my age group, which is essentially Gen X, apparently they gave us the worst vaccine <laughs> so that we got it. We all went, we marched out <laughs> and done. And now we all need boosters. So the good news is all of us can go get boosters. You don't have to be a certain age or anything. They're basically saying, go get your booster. And so then I had to research more J&J, mix and match. If I'm going to mix and match, I'm going with the mix and match. Mm. So I'm going to get the Moderna this afternoon. So let you know how it goes. But uh, all right. Looking forward to that. Want to want to get boosted. Okay. Good luck. Liz, how about you? Well, I'm playing a little round of what I call what's under the bed, Liz. And it is, um, you know, this year has been kind of a rocky year for me. And I've had a lot of people coming in and out of my home, helping to take care of me, helping get back on my feet. Leanne, you've been here. Julie, you've been here. Monica was here. And so in the mad scramble to like make my home safe, a lot of things just got shoved out of the way. And sometimes by me, but often by helpers. Oh yeah, I did it. I shoved some stuff under that bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and because I haven't really been able to bend my knee, I haven't even been able to look under the bed yet. So, but now (laughs) my, my knee can bend enough so that I I was afraid to get down on the floor that I wouldn't be able to get up off the floor. But now I think I'm capable of both getting down on the floor and getting back up from from the floor. So I'm going to figure out what's under my bed. And (laughs) wow, Liz, that, that is going to be quite exciting. It's Mm -hmm. part of, you know, I'm cooking with Liz. I play what's in the drawer, Liz, because I have a junk drawer full of stuff. And that's sort of what the real estate under my bed and both then both my bed and the bed in the guest room. I have no idea what's under any of the beds in my home anymore. So that's what I'm doing this week. What's under the bed, Liz? Fantastic. Jewel, what's up? Okay. Well, I'm sufficiently freaked out by the supply chain uh, situation. And so I am just uh, jettisoning one of my major life rules, which is to celebrate one holiday at at a time. This year, I'm on a super highway. I am just going from like Halloween, boom, right to the end of the year. So lights are going to go up. Trees are going to go up. Breathes the whole things. It's going to be a mishmash here. Uh, (laughs) Not separating out holidays. And so it starts today. Yes. Right. Exciting. That just makes me laugh. Okay. You, were, all, you really did hold the line for things. I, I've I mean, just been just adamant a, about one holiday at a time. Okay. That's I do believe up. though, you are the most susceptible sister to supply chain issues. Like, because so I feel like okay. that's, that's on brand for you because okay. you're the most organized and you mail stuff and you get mm-hmm. stuff done. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest of us just kind of Oh, if we're together for Christmas or the holidays, yeah. we'll give each other something. Yeah. But you actually plan. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. all right. Well, I believe in you. I'm giving you a special dispensation for this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. All right, sisters. Have a great week. You too, Liam. You too, Liam. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>